the volume. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, Live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, my people? John Middlecop, three and out podcast. We are uh, live and in charge on a Thursday, right around lunchtime, right around lunchtime. Recording this a little earlier than uh, typical, typical, just because I got some stuff going on. Wanted to get uh, some thoughts into the mic, press record, and get it out to the people, even though it doesn't get out to you. The time doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, obviously, we had some breaking news. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, press conference today. Todd Bowles, the new head coach, have some different thoughts there. When I was with the Eagles... Todd worked, I worked with him for two years. My second year, I wasn't in the office, but my first year, he became our DB coach, had lunch with him a lot, was always a big fan of the guy, uh, give a couple thoughts there. I've talked about him before, uh, and obviously just the whole Tampa situation, a lot of different angles there. Another Panther story came out today. I just, something's fishy there. Something is up, and I, you know, I'm not the greatest detective, but, you know, it, it doesn't take Sherlock Holmes to figure out something is going on. Brian Dable said something about the New York Giants that puts a uh, makes Joe Judge's crew look pretty embarrassing. Ohio State, one thing's pretty clear is that these two wide receivers from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they're going to go high, like very high in this draft, you know, probably in the top 12. And to me, that reflects the program, a little bit of a transition. And then just a couple other stories. Adam Schefter, Shefty, got paid. Uh, so we'll dive into that as well. Three and Out Podcast. If you listen on Colin's feed, subscribe to this feed. Three and Out, subscribe to the feed. Leave a re- little review if you could. Apple iTunes. I know some of you are on Spotify, but you guys are a small percentage. Apple iTunes, huge piece of the pie. Leave a review. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, share it with your friends and also share it with your enemies. You can find, uh, yeah. And also at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide right into those direct messages. Slide right into those direct messages. And get your question answered here. We do it on the Tuesday podcast. And because we need a little weekend content, because we're stucky with the football season ending, I moved the mail back to the weekend. Actually, it wasn't my move. I think it was uh, Mike Holtz who uh, tipped my hat to him. 
Might have been a team effort. I don't even remember. We're collaborative here. Uh, and now the weekend mailbag sits by itself on Friday, or uh, excuse me, on Saturday on this feed, and then it goes out on Colin's feed on uh, Sunday. So, uh, yeah, shoot me a DM, any question you have, and we will answer it here on the show. Before we dive into the football, two quick things. I'm a huge, and I mean massive, grunge music guy. Early 90s, mid-90s rock, right? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, uh, anything Chris Cornell. uh, You know, his band was Soundgarden, and then he went solo. I mean, just that whole crew. Any band, Stone Temple Pilots, you name it, from that kind of era. And really, for the last two decades, but basically decade and a half, there was one true rock band, and obviously that was led by Dave Grohl, who was in Nirvana. And I can't pretend to know much about Taylor Hawkins, besides that he was the drummer from Nirvana, or I mean, for, for the Foo Fighters. Uh, now, granted, I did a lot of research since he passed away, because I'm just, I'm a big rock, like that kind of genre music guy. Uh, now, listen, I'm old, I listen to everything. You know, you can find me from Garth Brooks to The Temptations to anything. But I would say near the top of my list is kind of that movement. And, you know, the Foo Fighters, I would say they're a little different, but I've loved them since they became a thing in the in the late 90s. And, you know, to see the music community kind of rally around, I mean, it sucks because they've kind of had the market cornered. Uh, maybe some young kids would push back, but I don't think they've even, they've been the biggest rock band. There haven't been that many rock bands. It's not like the 80s and the 60s and the 70s and the 90s. They've kind of been by themselves. Uh, I know the Chili Peppers put out an album in the mid-2000s, but to me, other than that, they've just dominated. And, you know, it it clearly, I mean, they just canceled their tour. Uh, It's a devastating, devastating blow. And doing research, for those of you that are like in your early 20s, or I know we get high school kids that listen to this, obviously, if you're my age, your mid-30s and older, I learned this. He toured with Alanis Morissette in the mid-90s for a little album called Jagged Little Pill. I don't know if you've never heard of it. You should Google it. It's one of the highest-selling albums of all time. And this guy was just part of music royalty. And it sucks, you know? I mean, it's just... I don't really know what else to say beside that. And another guy who... I I had never heard of this until I saw it on social media yesterday that Bruce Willis... I think it's aphasia... uh, you know, it sounds like a pretty devastating and debilitating disease. If you were a kid, my generation, like in the late 80s, early 90s, action movies. Now, action movies are still big, but they were led by basically Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers of movie stars. And like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis. I mean, there was a short list of guys that just, you put them in a movie and the needle moved in that movie, did hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And in the mid nineties, I would say two of my favorite movies as a kid. And listen, I, I wasn't your typical 10 year old that was only allowed to watch PG movies. Not that my parents let me just watch all the R movies. I just, you know, I broke rules. I found ways to watch stuff I wanted to watch. And I would say in the like 94, 95, I was like 10 years old. My two favorite movies by far were the rock, Sean Connery, Nicholas Cage, Ed Harris, and die hard with a vengeance. Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. Like those those movies helped shape my love of just still watching dumb action movies to this day. Now, those weren't dumb movies, but my, my bar is pretty low for what's entertaining in just kind of a shoot 'em up movie. And I do think that Bruce Willis, now as I got older, became a bald guy, is just truly one of the great kind of action movies 
uh, movie stars we've ever seen. Just a complete badass. So obviously, unlike Taylor Hawkins, he's still alive, but he had he can't ever act again. Now I don't know how active he was even without this. He, you know, he's in his sixties now, but. John McClane is truly, and listen, you know, for those of you a little older that are listening to this, Die Hard, the the, the original one that had Carl Winslow in it as well, um, is an all-time great flick. But Die Hard with a Vengeance, that movie was so elite for a 10-year-old kid watching that thing with Samuel L. in New York City, and it, it was, man, shitty day. But let's, let's, let's be positive. And on a positive light, before we dive into all the conspiracy theories, and listen, I'm not saying I'm a conspiracy theory guy, but I'm not not a conspiracy theory guy. You know, I've been around the block. I've just seen a lot growing up. I, I just, I, I'm not some utopian, like, just, oh yeah, just tell me whatever. I'll follow the rules. That's why I really struggled the last couple of years. Because I fell on the side of the ledger of like, yeah, this isn't quite adding up. There are some people you just tell them to get in line and they get in line. That's never been my thing. I'm always a big like, yeah, something's a little weird here. That's Those are the people I roll with. Like we just, you know, something, I don't know if this, that's just the way I think. So we will get into some of the conspiracy theories behind Bruce Arians retiring. But I just want to start off by tipping my hat to the guy. Because in a day and age where famous people are just so afraid to be authentic. Like you watch LeBron James, you watch Russell Wilson, you watch all these coaches. You're like, am I getting a real human? Can you just act like you would act around your friends? And they refuse. They just become like talking about Bruce Willis, like an actor. It's like a, it's like not even a real human. And I was in the car this morning when they were doing their, uh, their press conference and Bruce is dropping swear words. And it's just refreshing to see someone be true to themselves. Like forever in history. Like if you just were true to yourself, like, you can agree or disagree, but it was like, yeah, the guy's just that guy, right? And now people are walking on eggshells because they don't want to get, whether it's cancel culture or the mob or whatever the fuck you consider it, they just struggle to be themselves. And I, I despise phonies. I despise frauds. If you listen to this, you know, luckily at this point in time, I can just act like however I want. I just talk like I think. I'm not always right. Not always, we'll be wrong sometimes, but I'm just giving you me. Like there's nothing, I got, I got nothing to hide. And I, I think Bruce Arians, in a day and age where people really struggle with that, he was just very true to himself. And he was a really, really good coach. When he showed up at Arizona, becoming a first-time head coach at 60, you know, being a raw and real guy, his teams for an offensive guy were very physical and very tough. And he just his teams always felt like he's ready to get in the trenches and throw blows. I mean, he showed up in Arizona with Seattle and Harbaugh rolling. And immediately that first year won 10 games. We're going to the playoffs several times. His worst year was 8-8. Eight and eight. Shows up with Jameis Winston. They get Tom Brady. They've had a dominant team these last couple years. Just an excellent football coach. And just a dying breed of human. You know? I mean, in my generation, everyone's terrified to say something that's going to offend someone. It's like, you just can't fucking worry about that all the time. Just speak like you're going to speak. You know, and Bruce is is very true to that. And it's, we lost some authenticity to the NFL because he's about as real as you get. And uh, listen, he might have some flaws. You know, he's known, I don't know if he's the biggest grinder in the league in a league full of grinders, but he's also 69 years old. Um, and listen, I mean, he's he's had a hell of a run for a guy. Like if you are going to have a late run in life, that's pretty damn good. Super Bowl, 
remember he that first year with when Chuck Pagano got sick, led them to the playoffs. What he did in Arizona, Arizona was a joke franchise. I mean, a joke. We look at Arizona now like a pretty legitimate franchise. I I think Michael Bidwell, the son of the older the older Bidwell, clown show, embarrassment. You know th- what they got going on now. I really think kind of started when Kaim hired Arians and Bidwell. I give them a lot of credit, and the rest is history. Uh, but let's face it. Like, it doesn't quite add up. It, it, it really doesn't. Because when I was in the car listening to the press conference, someone asked Bruce, they're like, when did you have a change of heart? Because when we were talking to you at the Combine, you were so excited. You were, like, reinvigorated. And then a month later, you're just out? It doesn't quite add up. And listen, whether Brady forced him out, whether the owner forced him out, like, let's face it. We had been talking about Brady not really retiring, even though he was retired, the entire time. But that couple days before he officially unretired, he was in Europe with the Glazer family. So he's in Europe with the Glazer family at Man U. Then he unretires. And then, as Bruce Arian said, he told Tom a couple days later, he's retiring. Like, just put the pieces of the puzzle together. That's not saying Tom cut his head off. That's not saying that he did some total power play. But, like, let's just face it, no one retires at this time. And as several people have pointed out, the last guy to retire, walk away, however you want to consider it, at the owners' meetings was Jimmy Johnson. Well, why did that happen? He had a falling out with Jerry Jones. He had a falling out. Did he have a falling out with Tom Brady? I don't know. They're going to deny it. They played it perfectly on social media. But it's okay to go, yeah, this doesn't pass the smell test. Because anyone with any working common sense and a brain goes, you know, this doesn't totally add up. And listen, some weird stuff happened with Belichick and Brady. The greatest coach, greatest quarterback. Some weird stuff happened in Tampa with Tom and Bruce Arians. Obviously, same guy, greatest quarterback, and a big-time head coach. You know, sometimes egos, age. This is not Bruce Arians, 69 years old, dealing with Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes in their mid-20s. This is a 44-year-old Tom Brady who has accomplished way more than Bruce. So it's understandable why they're going to be confrontation. Also, we've talked about it over the two years. When he first got there, you're like, you know, Bruce has an offense and Tom has an offense. They're the complete opposite. Not that Tom can't throw deep, but over the last decade, his offense did not look like Bruce Arians' offense. So you just fundamentally are going to have some differences when it comes to scheme. And I, I think whether the exact details, I don't know. I, I, I don't have anyone on the inside feeding me that information right now. But you don't have to have that either. It's pretty clear something weird happened. And the timing tells you everything you need to know. Now, when he explains it, it kind of makes sense. He wanted to leave the team in a spot where he could hand it off to Todd Bowles because a legacy or uh, you know a, a plan for the next head coach, a succession plan, was very, very important to Bruce. And I do believe him because one thing Bruce has done, and I know he gets a lot of credit and deservedly so for having diverse staffs, uh, obviously having a lot of females on his staff over the years. To me, regardless of male, female, color of your skin, he hires elite coaching staffs. He did it when he showed up at Arizona, and he did it again 
in Tampa. Now, a lot of those guys from Arizona are with him in Tampa. His staffs, he is a great, not a good, a great coach evaluator. He's excellent at that. And to me, that is a characteristic of a head coach that we don't talk about enough, but he's elite at that. Because clearly, you know, he's closer to a nine to five guy than like a 20 hour a day guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I, I, I those first couple years when I was in Philly, 20 hours a day, I couldn't even think straight. But it just depends the culture you're used to. It's benefited me now when I've changed industries. Like, I don't mind getting up at 530. But, you know, it helps kind of motivate me to go, you know what? The guys I'm kind of competing with are probably sleeping or working late. No, you know, the guys I'm competing with are probably fucking around and I'm working. You know, now Bruce is big on being with the family. I don't have a family yet. Anyone's of you that do, you know, like obviously as you get older, your priorities change. There's nothing wrong with that. But he handed off to Todd Bowles, which is like, they're not just handing it off. Like ultimately the Saints giving it to Dennis Allen to me is a much bigger question mark than Todd Bowles. Because if Dennis Allen was a free agent in the sense of which he has been, no one was going to hire Dennis Allen again. The only place Dennis Allen was going to become a head coach was the Saints. Todd Bowles was going to become a head coach in the NFL. I feel very, very strongly on that. And I think when you look back at his situation with the New York Jets, it was kind of a joke. Not on his part. He worked with, you could argue, one of the biggest clowns at GM we've ever seen. The guy had absolutely no clue what he was doing. And Todd, like most first-time head coaches... They're not like getting full, say, of personnel, and they shouldn't, but you are predicated your success on the general manager picking the players, and that guy had no clue what he was doing. I was around Todd Bowles. He is a very intelligent guy. He has a presence to him. Players react well to him. Uh, I mean, he played in the league, and he is viewed as a very, very smart, schematic coach. Now, I think the one question mark with him, and you know, leading an entire team. He's he's really a soft, like Bruce Arians, loud. You know, very aggressive. A lot of bravado. Just a guy's guy. A guy that like, and I've worked for one. Pat Hill was a lot like that. Walked in the room, owned it. Andy isn't the loudest guy, but he walks in a room, he's got a big presence to him. And then because of his resume, everyone just follows. But he's not screaming at people left and right. And I'm not comparing Todd Bowles to Andy, but... I, I do think Todd is just a much lower key guy than Bruce Arians. But where he's going to really benefit from is these guys on that team offensively and obviously on defense have seen how good he is as a football coach. Because ultimately, whether you're a screamer, whether you're a quiet guy, however you coach, if you know what you're talking about to have success on the field, guys will listen. That is the only thing that matters. The 49er guys have been saying that forever about Mike McDaniels. He doesn't look like a football coach. He doesn't talk like a football coach. Yet when it comes to football, the guy knows absolutely everything. And if you listen to what he tells you, it always worked. So Todd has built-in equity with the players. That Their Super Bowl win against the Chiefs was because his defense absolutely dominated. They've had a fantastic defense for a couple years. Now, my only issue with him as a schematic coach, he can be a little aggressive. Like, you know, it's like that final play. Blitzing in that situation, not always smart. But think who taught him. Really, your football philosophies, like your life philosophies, are those who teach you. Those who, you know, your mentors in life, your parents. 
He's learned. Bruce Arians has been his, and Bill Barcells have been his mentors in his coaching career. When I think of Bruce, I think bombs away. I mean, his statement is, no risk it for the biscuit. And I, Jason Light had a great comment today, and it feels very true of Bruce Arians. That when he Before he was even hired, when it was like kind of clear he was going to be their guy in Tampa, he told him to make shirts, win or lose, we booze. I mean, that. I, if you made like a collared shirt like that, I'd wear it golfing. Win or lose, we booze. That, that is a great line. And, um, you know, Todd Bowles, I've never drank with him. I don't know if he even drinks. But, you know, I'd say his personality is a lot different from Bruce. And that's fine. A lot of times that's a natural, you know, you're used to hanging a left, you naturally hang a right. And you get a guy that's had head coaching experience. So I, I think it'll be a relatively easy transition. And overall, they're in a good spot for several reasons. One, their roster is really good. Two, their division stinks. I mean, it is terrible. The Atlanta Falcons roster is awful. I'm just not confident that Dennis Allen and Jameis Winston are going to be that good. Maybe I'm wrong because they do have some talent, but I, Alvin Kamara beat the shit out of some guy in Las Vegas. He's getting suspended. Like, that happened. That's not one of those, well, is he guilty or innocent? No, he beat him up. We know that there's video evidence. So it's, is he getting four games? Well, he's their best player. Michael Thomas, we haven't seen him in a year and a half. Who knows what he looks like? He wasn't fast to begin with. Uh, and Sean Payton was the star of that franchise. Him and Drew. Well, Drew retired two years ago and Sean retires now. I'm just red flagging them. And Carolina, we'll get into them in a second. Like, I don't feel great about the direction they're going. See how terrible their coach looks? It's like, the, I, I, I want to root for Matt Rule, but holy moly, mixing a salad, my man. It, the NFL is just not for everyone. It's, it's literally eating that guy alive. So, I, to me, I you know, it's not a positive or a negative, but when I saw the headline that Bruce Arians has stepped down and Todd Bowles has taken, taken over, I literally have zero different feeling of the franchise. I still view them as a 12 or 13 win team. I still view them as, you know, them and the Rams, and depending on the Niners quarterback situation, but them and the Rams for sure with Devontae leaving and the Niners quarterback situation being up in the air as the two lead dogs for the division. And as you saw... That, that game might have determined the NFC Championship, right? Because the Rams beat them, and then they got to host it. If the Tampa wins that, the 49ers got to go to Tampa. So they, they easily could have been, you know, and trust me, the Niners' DBs were terrible last year. Tom would have lit them up like a Christmas tree. So I, I don't think that much different of Tampa at all. And now Tom, uh, I don't think he's power hungry, but I do think, you know, Hey guys, I want to come back and I want some things my way. He had a lot of leverage in the situation, right? Because they were they were completely screwed without Tom Brady. We know that for a fact. They literally had no options. Bruce Arians at the Combine, and rightfully so, was propping up Blaine Gabbert. Saying basically kind of a dick for meal when Trent Green tore his ACL. Kurt Warner's our quarterback and we will win with Kurt Warner. Now, it turned out Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer. Bruce uh, Blaine Gabbert is not. And probably a really good backup, good guy, everyone likes him, but they were in major, major trouble. Kyle Trask, not very good. So they would have been basically royally screwed. Tom saved him, and I bet Tom had some demands. And maybe not like, you know, hard and fast demands in concrete, but just some ideas. And it was in Tampa's best interest to capitulate to whatever he wanted. And that feels like it kind of led to where we're at. And now think about this. With Todd Bowles being the head coach, 
you know, Tom slash uh, Byron Leftwich gets to run the entire offense. Because ultimately, while Bruce became a CEO head coach, the offense was his baby. The passing game was his baby. Like that's when Bruce Arians has gone to bed for the last 30 years, he's talked, he's thought about throwing the football. He's thought about third and seven. He's thought about what routes to run in the red zone. So he can give it up all he wants, but it, it couldn't have been. There just had to be some natural friction there. And uh, ultimately, I think this will work pretty well, and Tampa's going to be really good. Bet $5, get 150 Continue betting the bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers a $150 instant bonus guarantee. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You can choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, and so much more. You better believe I'm hammering Duke and hammering Kansas this weekend. Plus, with cash out, the ball is in your court. So you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Join FanDuel today with promo code Colin. Then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed. That's promo code Colin on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, it's really good, Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate Within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I had said that when Carolina had told their local beat reporter that they had three first-round grades on um, the draft, guys in the draft, right? Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, and Malik Willis. I said, that was weird. Because who tells anyone that, one? And if someone did, it felt like it would be the owner. And then Scott Fitterer, their general manager, who was hired last year, uh, by Matt Rule and Dave Tepper, told, you know, a lot of these teams now, I guess every team now, has like a team reporter. So the team reporter, it's a weird spot because, uh, you know, a normal reporter, you can be positive or negative. Like if you're covering the Patriots and the 2000s and the 2010s, like you're going to be writing a lot of good stories. Like my, Mike Reese's stories for the majority of the 2000 and 2010s, beside a couple suspensions here and there, have been relatively positive. I mean, they're going to the Super Bowl nine times, right? But if you cover the Jags or some of these shitty franchises, you know, what are you supposed to say? I, I, hell, I, I when I covered and was on radio with the 49ers when they were terrible and the Raiders when they were terrible, you can't, you know, tell me it's sunny outside when it's a monsoon. So the, these team reporters are very, very positive. And even when you're terrible, I, they're still able to spin it. I, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to pull that job off because I would have nothing to say. I'd be like, you know, guys, we just lost 40 to nothing. Um, uh, brighter days ahead. Like, what, what, do you, what do you even say? But he was speaking with the guy or girl. I don't know. I didn't actually uh, watch the video, but I, I saw his quotes that, you know, it's no secret they need a quarterback. And... Ideally, they're not going to be drafting this high that often anymore. 
So should they draft, like maybe they do need to, basically like we might be drafting a quarterback really high in this draft. And I started to wonder, maybe they are playing kind of uh, mental head case games with the other teams in the league because they leak out that they have three quarterbacks they like. Then they let it be known that they might take a quarterback at number six overall. Well, if you love one of these quarterbacks, maybe they actually don't. Maybe they want to trade back and accumulate more picks. So they're hoping that a team that loves Malik Willis, that loves Kenny Pickett, which sounds crazy to draft him at six overall, but if you think the guy can be your starting quarterback for the next 10 years, who cares whether you draft him at six or 20? You know, it it truly doesn't matter. You are just like my issue. Mac Jones is going to start in the league for a decade. My issue last year with the Niners is like, you can't take him at three. You know, you got to swing for a guy with a higher upside, but like, if you if Mac Jones would have been the only quarterback there, I would have been like, yeah, you just do it. He'll be your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. Now he'll be capped with how good he can ultimately become because like Kirk Cousins, like he can only be so good. There's a reason the, the top guy's ceilings are so much higher. They're just way more talented. And I, I do wonder, maybe they are okay with drafting any of these guys. And they're hoping that someone will come up from the mid-teens to, whole, to number six, almost at whole six, like it's the Masters, and give them an extra first-round pick. Who knows? So maybe they are, I, I am entertaining the possibility that they're playing games through the media and then they did it themselves. But until they do it, I can't quite give them the benefit of the doubt just because it's been such a disaster. Now, in fairness, I defended the Sam Darnold trade when it happened. I loved it, actually. I, I wanted the 49ers to do it and I was a big Sam Darnold guy. I might be wrong. He might be terrible. So you can make moves and everyone agrees, and then everyone calls you an idiot a year later. Even those same people, though, said that that was a good move. I'm not going to do that. Like, they're in the Sam Darnold situation because it was the right move at the time. Now, did they need to pick up the fifth-year option? That's arguable. But when you when you trade a second-round pick for a player, especially a quarterback who's young, you're thinking that guy's gonna who's going to be your starting quarterback, that guy's going to be good. So yeah, you'd pick up the fifth-year option because that makes it cheap. Because if he is good, you don't pick up the fifth-year option then you got to pay them a big contract. So financially, I even understand why they did that too. But bottom line, it backfired. Sometimes you make investments, it does not work. Like not every time when you lose money, it doesn't take Elizabeth Holmes or Bernie Madoff screwing you. Sometimes, you know, you just invest into an apartment complex. The economy crashes and you're screwed. I mean, that, that that's happened to many people. You know, whenever you see on the internet, like people crushing people that went bankrupt, I a lot of my dad's friends growing up had gone bankrupt because they were entrepreneurs. They were businessmen and they were guys that had businesses in the eighties and nineties when there were some big economic crashes and they lost a lot. Like I, we, we view this word bankruptcy, like being bankruptcy, being in bankruptcy as a business owner. Now you could be a complete moron and screw up, but you could also make a calculated risk that made a lot of sense on paper. And then things that are out of your control fail. And I think that happens in football. I think that happens in, in the private sector. It, it happens everywhere. And so I I do defend them just being in the situation with Sam Darnold, but they have to pivot. And, you know, I don't know if any of these young quarterbacks, I, I know, like wouldn't be any better, but they're in a very weird situation. It feels like they're kind of trying to play chess through the media, which, you know, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Brian Dayball had an incredible quote. He basically said, going evaluating his offensive skill guys and mainly Kenny Galladay, and Tony, the the first-round wide receiver they drafted from Florida last year, that he went back to 2020. Galladay, I think, was in Detroit, and Tony would have been in college. 
but to evaluate what they were good at. And usually, in my experience in the in football, and I think you know, I, I was part of a regime change in radio, a little different. But I think football, and maybe if you have been in whatever business you're in, you can relate to this too. But when you hire a new coordinator, a new strength coach, they always come in and go, you know, this is this is going to be my way. What happened before is irrelevant. We're going to implement new strategies. They basically crush the guy that used to be there. Like, I'm not sure what was going on before I got here. I don't know how the old guy used to do it, but this is how we're going to do it moving forward. It's basically a way by talking shit about a guy, but actually kind of avoiding actually doing it through your words. And he's basically saying that Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and Freddie Kitchens were a complete clown show that I attempt to watch the film of their offensive skill guys, and I got no clue what's going on. I can't make a fair evaluation on the talent on this team because of the people that ran the offense. If that is an indictment on Joe Judge, who's a special teams coach, and had no clue what was going on on offense or defense, none. I mean, Jason Garrett gets fired. He implements Freddie Kitchens. And then Jason, I mean, Jason Garrett, like, let's face it, like he was kind of a joke for a long, and I even kind of defended him as a head coach, but as an offensive mastermind, you know, he's caught up in 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Like you got to adapt with the times and he really struggled with it. Now, I I do think the Giants are going to stink this year and there's nothing wrong with that. If I'm the Giants, I want to bottom out, truly bottom out. And next year is a really good quarterback draft. I got a couple first-round picks this year. Develop those guys. And then 2023 is like the start of my regime. But this year is a blow-it-up year. Let Dayball figure out how to be a head coach. Because that's that's a talent in itself, right? I mean, this guy's going to call plays. But he's never... He's been the offensive coordinator before when he had Belichick roaming the sidelines. Like, now he's the offensive coordinator. And there's a lot of pressure on that. But he's got to figure out a way to utilize some of the talent, which has not, it just hasn't happened since Tom Coughlin. And even, you know, those last couple of years of Tom Coughlin were pretty bad. I guess they had the one year of McAdoo when he came in as the offensive coordinator and Eli had one of his best seasons ever. But that feels like, you know, I mean, literally it's seven, eight years ago. And uh, they got a long way to go. And Brian Dable is telling you everything to know that, like, what I inherited, the, the schematics that these clowns were running. It's a joke. Can these guys play or not? I got no clue, but I can't base anything off last season. Big indictment. It's pretty clear that uh, the two wide receivers from Ohio State, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, I think are both going to go in the top 12. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I I had a wide receiver coach in the league that texted me about just players. I mean, he he just loves talking players, but specifically wideouts. And he just said, these two guys from Ohio State, holy moly. They're in a different class than everyone else. And I think when you meet a person, it's not not too young, but like a teenage kid, a guy in his early 20s, and he looks you in the eye, he shakes your hand, you just spend some time with him, and you leave and you go, that's a pretty high-level guy. That's usually reflective on the parents, right? You you can tell when you meet someone, the, the friends in your life, they're like, this guy was raised well. This guy, this guy, you know, type guy you would, uh, you know, want to keep around, 
right? The type of guy that you would want to date your sister, whatever. We use that a lot in the football terminology. Really high-level guys, the people you'd feel comfortable dating or marrying your sister. And I was thinking of this because I watched this thing on like Golf Digest. They did this video on Scotty Scheffler, uh, the new number one player in the world. You know, young guy from Texas, played at the played at the University of Texas, and they went to his home course that he grew up at. And he still plays with a lot of guys that are like 40 and 50 years old. And he's, you know, in his mid-20s. And they were just saying, you know, for as good of a golfer as he is, he's an even better person. And all the guys said, like, it's basically a reflection of his mom and dad. And I think anytime that you look at the draft, like the mom and dad of a draft is the program and the head coach. Like for a long period of time, Alabama in the early half of Nick Saban was like defensive players and running backs. The occasional wide receiver. But for the most part, it was defensive players, some offensive linemen, and running backs. Their quarterbacks were a joke. Well, the last several years, if you tell me there's four guys from Alabama in the first round, what positions do they play? could literally be any. It could be guard. It could be defensive tackle. It could be middle linebacker. It could be safety. It could be corner. It could be a tight end. It could be a slot wide receiver. It could be an outside wide receiver. It could be a quarterback. It could be a running back. I mean, it's literally every single position. Look at Georgia. They just won the national championship. Why'd they win it? Because they have the dominant defense. One of the best defenses we've seen in the SEC in a long time. Well, what does the draft reflect? They're going to have four or five guys go potentially in the first round from that defense. So when you think Kirby Smart, when you think what he's producing, you think defense, right? And they have some offensive players. You know, Pickens, the wide receiver, is going to get drafted. Uh, Dalvin Cook's brother is going to get drafted. But defense. Why did uh, Ed Ogeron's LSU team win it? Offense, offense, offense. Joe Burrow, Clyde, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Speaks for itself, right? Well, Ohio State in their heyday, and listen, I think Ryan Day is a solid head coach, but when Urban was winning national championships, which is the goal at Ohio State, they were producing guys at literally every position. Defensive end, defensive tackle, linebacker, corner, safety, offensive line, wide receivers. But you look this year, just two wide receivers who are sweet, but like, is that ideal? Like, what happened to the Bosa brothers? What happened to all the linebackers that used to get drafted? What happened, you know, with those type players? Chase Young, like, they need to get back to that. Because you look at Michigan, who took it to them this year, their two best players in the draft, now one of them tore his Achilles at the pro day, are defensive linemen, are pass rushers. You're always going to be able to get skilled guys at Ohio State, at Michigan, at Alabama, at Georgia. You win national championships in the trenches, having first-round offensive linemen, first-round defensive linemen, and then other defensive players, linebackers and DBs. And to me, if Ohio State is going to get back, and they're not far away, they have to get back to producing. Like, they feel a little Chip Kelly right now. When we think about Ryan Day, like, his mentor is not Urban Myers, Chip Kelly. That's the guy who kind of put Ryan Day on the map. And he, offense is a really, really big deal. But the pressure on this program, because the draft reflects your program. The way I act reflects my parents, right? And I think about that all the time. My name, Middlecoff, like, that's my mom and dad, right? And you should think about that too. Like, whoever raised you, you owe it to them, even long past they're gone, to operate what they stood for. And, you know, the good things. I mean, sometimes they're bad things, and you can pivot. I mean, I don't copy everything they do. But same with the program. 
And it's why forever is like, oh, Nick Saban guys, they can't make it in the pros. Well, that's we don't say that anymore. Think about last year. Najee Harris, he's sweet. Well, who's the best corner in the draft last year? Oh, Patrick Sertain. Oh, what about the wide receivers? Oh, they had multiple guys get drafted in the top 10. I mean, it's just Nick Saban's coming at it from all angles. Mac Jones, 15th. And I think right now Ohio State got a little offensive heavy. Like, they got to get back to some of their defensive roots, big picture. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast, powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same-game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast Network. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Let's rattle off a couple other stories. Adam Schefter, who is the best in the business. When I first got hired with the Eagles, he used to call the landline 
to Howie Roseman's assistant. And this is like, he, I mean, this guy was hustling in the 2000s and the early 2010s. By now, when Adam Schefter tweets something, it's not just coming from the agent. And I'll say this about Woj too. They know every single head coach and definitely every general manager. Now, they also know the agent community too. But a lot of their stories come from coaches and the GMs. To me, you can't be a big-time reporter if you're only talking to agents. If you're not talking to the people that actually have the control of who's getting signed, how much money guys are going to get signed for, who's going to get traded, because ultimately the agents aren't in control. The coaches and the GMs and the owners are. And Adam is just big time. So $10 million a year feels well worth it. You know, because I'll say this, like Woj is terrible on television. ESPN is basically paying for his Twitter account. Obviously, Adam, you're paying for Adam's Twitter account too, but Adam's good on TV. Like Adam could just, he's just natural. He's been doing it a long time. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying he's like uh, Johnny Carson on TV, but he, you just throw him on any show at any moment and he can just handle it. You know, you watch Woj sometimes, like, God, that's pretty uncomfortable. Uh, it's an area he needs to improve, but they, they really value the NBA Twitter account. To me, Adam Schefter's a total package. Antonio Brown, anytime I see a story that includes Antonio Brown, at this point, like, I, I just, I keep scrolling. I, I exit out. I, I truly don't care. It just does not matter. I, 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 I'm just Antonio Browned out. So when I see a headline about he won't get ankle surgery, it's like, I, I, I just, I, I can't. I can't. I won't. I refuse. And, um, uh, I just think, you know, he's not going to go away because he's such a polarizing figure that people will use him for headlines and he'll keep, he'll keep talking. Uh, but God, I, I am worn out by Antonio Brown content. You get you say Antonio Brown content, I'm, go, I'm going the other way. Want no part of it. Uh, Noah Fant saw this headline that he was uh, pissed off by the way he was used in Denver. Now, granted, their offense was terrible. They were rotating through quarterbacks. Vic Fangio was, the, you know, the head coach, and the offense was the reason he got fired. It's like, hey, Noah, you're going with the same quarterback that you just played with in Denver. Their offense had basically just been Russell Wilson throwing bombs. He's gone. What do you think is going to happen here, buddy? Like, your numbers actually haven't been that bad. They're going to get dramatically worse. I will be shocked if Noah Fant doesn't have his worst statistical season this year, unless maybe they trade for Baker and he has, like, a comeback year. But you convince me, even if they do trade for Baker, it might it might not go that well. You know, you can convince me if Baker Mayfield is their quarterback. Part of it, their offensive line can be very hit or miss. Russell could move. Baker can't move. Baker's moves like me or you. He can't run away from anyone. Uh, and last but not least, I guess Goodell said at the owners' meetings. I don't. I don't. I don't think he gave a press conference, but maybe the uh, maybe the Big Jays ran into him in the hallway or whatever. That he has no timeline on Deshaun Watson. That, you know, he's just letting it all play out. He's in no rush. And yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, that would make me a little nervous if I was Cleveland. Like, when is this clarity coming? You really got no clue. And maybe that was part of them signing him. Like, they just, they were cool with having the unknown this first year. Because I don't know if you saw it. And listen, I, I felt very uncomfortable watching it. Because it's not really for the public. It's just for the courtroom, for the defendants, for the accusers might even those might even be the same I don't have my lego my legal uh lingo down never been in a courtroom I've never been on trial I, I don't sometimes when you hear some of these words you're like I don't even know what that truly means you know you have a pretty good idea as you age like what a civil case is 
criminal charges, all that. But I mean, there are parts of this that I just don't quite understand. Even stuff with depositions, because he had a deposition that kind of went viral. And it's about two and a half minutes long. And it's a very, very uncomfortable watch. And I've said over and over, having sex is not only not a crime, it's celebrated. It's something that every human being wants to do and wants to have. When you're young, you aspire to have it. Once you start having it, you want to have more. It's just, it keeps relationships going. It literally makes the world go around having babies. I'm pro-sex. But I also judge you in certain instances with how you go about it. And the way they talk to him about going to meet these women that he had never met. It's one thing, listen, we all DM people and communicate with people. It's another thing to just constantly, especially when you're in his situation, to go to these women all over Texas, massage therapists, like, he's admitting it. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, he was around all these women. It's not like these women and him, he's like, I've never even met these people. That is not the case. It's just basically, she's saying I did something wrong, I'm saying I didn't. Like, that's, that much is on the table. And I will say over and over, like, I never look at him the same from a judgment standpoint. Like, I, I question the guy's judgment to be my starting quarterback. Wide receiver, de- defensive lineman, sleep with as many massage therapists you want. But as my quarterback, I I just, massage therapists here and there, but 25 of them or whatever, I mean, it's crazy. And again, you watch this deposition, it's hard to not feel uncomfortable. It really is. For this guy that was held on this pedestal or put on this pedestal by his former head coach who, let's face it, Clemson's produced a lot of high-level guys. Dabo's a high-level guy. And then you just like, were we kind of sold a bill of goods that isn't totally true? I talked to a buddy on a team that has a young quarterback and he's like, you know, our guy just pretty low-key. He doesn't really screw around. You know, he's just, he's very serious. And that's what I always thought about Deshaun Watson. He was just very serious, locked in. Again, you can be really serious and still like to have sex. I'm, I'm not anti-sex, like I said. I'm, I'm pro, you know. But this one, it's hard for me to just, whether he's completely innocent, like I've said over and over, still does not change the fact that can you trust this guy to make good decisions? Because like when you're a starting quarterback, I need you to make high-level decisions with everything you do. And as we see with Deshaun Watson, like that much is clearly in question. And especially given the amount of money they're paying them. So it's just, this is a situation that's not going away. Like when I watched that, I went, if I had just cut him a $230 million check and I just saw that for the first time, which I would imagine the Cleveland Browns did, I'd feel a little worse. I'd feel a little worse. Now I don't, as these go viral, I don't even know if it's, it's hard. Like I say, like, I don't even want to watch them, but then I see them, I'll click on them. Bizarre situation. It's And it feels like it's going to get weirder before it gets resolved. That That's... That's truly what it feels like. Okay, uh, have a great weekend. Slide up into those DMs, at John Middlecoff. And, uh, and yeah, talk to everyone soon. Share with your friends, share with your enemies. Peace. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.